What's up, everybody? Welcome to our podcast. I'm here with my mom, Carmen Studer. This is Let Me Ask My Mom. Go ahead and ask me. We're, Go ahead and ask me. We're hyped <laughs> to have you. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, <laughs> whoever's there. Grandma, mom. <laughs> Grandma, mom, ancestors. Aunts and uncles. <laughs> Send all of your relatives, please. Yes. All right, so mom, let me ask you. So we started our podcast with asking my mom a question. Um, let me find what I had for you here today. Oh, duh, this is really fun. So um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, uh, tell okay. us about your- Taking notes. The time you, <laughs> you saw a UFO. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I wasn't gonna go public with that. <laughs> You're like, uh, I need my PR manager although, here. Although now that the Pentagon has gone public with it, I guess I can. Um, it's one of those things that it happened a long, long time ago. And I was, gosh, 16, 17 years old. I was in a car. Um, was not abducted that I know of. <laughs> There's no implants. Your dad is a human as far as I know. <laughs> Cannot cannot confirm. But I did. I saw I saw not only a flying object, but a very clear circular object with unbelievable lighting and weird um, it just stillness, quiet. Um, and ironically, I was having an argument with my boyfriend who was driving the car at the time. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you've got to look out the window. And he thought I was trying to distract him mm -hmm. from the conversation yes. we were having. And luckily, luckily, at the very last second, the second that it decided to disappear, he happened to catch that last little bit. And my sister um, also saw it in another car which was about you know a block away really yeah so i have witnesses it was wild and my dad's like you're you know it's probably a blimp and i'm like i know what a blimp looks like and this did not look <laughs> like, like this didn't say good and it was close like it felt like it was you know 20 yards away like mm -hmm. hovering right there just not making noise beautiful lights and it was circular um yeah it's wild I would be so annoyed if I was in the middle of an argument with someone and then a <laughs> UFO appeared. I'm like, all right, that's cool. However, we're going to circle back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Could also yeah. be a blessing, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. it depends on what side yeah, you're on. Yeah, what the argument is. It was, it was, it was crazy. And of course, you know, I, I literally, because that's back before, you know, Google or, you know, calling anybody. Mm -hmm. or, but I did call um, the FAA at O'Hare Airport or wherever it was at the time and just was like, hey, was there any other people that <laughs> saw something strange? And they're like, no, no one reported anything. And so apparently you have to have special eyes to see UFOs. <laughs> 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 um, but the, the, I had two people who I trust very much to confirm that it was real. It happened. And then I didn't ever really think about it much until recently, actually. Mm -hmm. um, with all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world and then like there's so many conspiracy theories and so many different things um, and then of course the Pentagon released you know unidentified flying objects yeah. and the more you dig into stuff the more you know 
who knows yeah aliens have really gone like mainstream (laughs) you know i feel like it used to be like those like kind of like weird people you didn't like want to get stuck in a conversation with and now everyone's like oh yeah they're out there what are we gonna do about it yeah that's how i feel i feel like if 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 aliens did come down like in the next like soon ish in the next like you know six months to five years i genuinely feel like it would be like okay that's cool but but how does it does it change your life like what if you saw it and they're just chilling and then you still have to like get up and go to work you know what i mean like you still have to do everyday things does that make sense i don't know because what if it's like star wars (laughs) you know and what if there is a galactic war of good and evil what if good and evil doesn't just exist exist here on earth what if it exists all over yeah i might just drink the kool-aid and kill myself if that happened (laughs) I don't know if I'm emotionally built for a galactic war. Yeah. <laughs> I'm built for a comfortable life that I know is going to happen. You're like, I'm just going to be out here homesteading with my mother. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I have any skills aliens would be interested in. <laughs> They'd probably think I was annoying. Like, um, yeah, no, that have, have you ever seen one? No, no, not at all. But now I feel like, I feel like you are so hyped to see another UFO. Like literally anytime there's anything flying outside of our window, you're like, Carly, come here. What is that? What is that? <laughs> like, mom, that is a plane. <laughs> That's a drone. Remember the other night yeah. there was a drone that went right by our window. Yeah, that was weird. That was really creepy. I'm so ready to move out into the suburbs again. <laughs> get, get some freedom away from the prying eyes from the prying eye yeah that's too late for that they're everywhere it's intense it is intense but um yeah yeah it will be weird do you have any other questions for me today um i mean i always have a lot of questions (laughs) go ahead and ask another one we'll have a bonus question (laughs) bonus question uh okay let's see oh this is a pivot um i like pivots pivots are good pivots are good uh moms have a wide spectrum of of knowledge yeah (laughs) we 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 have lots of categories we can cover hell yeah okay so you don't have to stick with the aliens um this is something we haven't talked about yet but your mom passed away when you were 24 Mm -hmm. right and she had cancer for 10 years Mm -hmm. and so i was going to ask you what is something that you tell people that you work with or someone who's experiencing grief that Mm -hmm. um you wish you had known i literally could write a whole book about this because i think that um this is a great question I I really think this is an important piece of life because it is the circle of life and it is a process and none of us get out of here alive. And to be able to put death in a space that you feel comfortable is, I think, an important human skill. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people haven't done the work. (laughs) And because, okay, my mom's, I'm 14 when my mom gets cancer and and 24 when she dies. So I'm facing this for a period of time and became very interested in it and started, you know, where did she go? You know, all those questions that come, you know, once somebody has departed from this earth. And probably the greatest lesson I learned is that there's a lot of cultural um, streams that push people into this is what we expect from somebody who has a dying mother or this is what we expect from somebody who has a dying husband or this is what we expect from somebody whose kid just died 
or husband just died. And I think that does great harm to people. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that I know that I have given many people who are grieving um, a sense of relief is a space for them to be embracing how they actually are grieving for them, Mm -hmm. not under somebody else's cultural norms or someone else's expectations or dogma um, to actually really sit with where they are. Um, You know, there's a lot of couples that, you know, lose a child and one grieves one way and the other grieves another and it doesn't work out well because we haven't been taught that people should be allowed to mourn in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the greatest things. Um, I think uh, another one is embracing the unknown, but also being educated about there's thousands, I mean thousands of near-death experiences all around the world that are documented. And one of the first things I do with somebody that's really uncomfortable with the, uh, the idea of death or the concept of death is I have them watch these stories and people are blown away. They come to me later and they're like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That was so incredible. Like it was actually inspiring. Like it's, there's so many repetitive patterns of, you know, the light and the warmth and the home and almost every single person that comes back, you know, the doctor saved them, (laughs) ask the doctor, like, why'd you save me? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's encouraging, you know, because fear is something that runs people on a regular basis. And when you can let go of the fear of death, you can actually live a little more. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID's a perfect example of that. You know, there's so many people afraid to live that they're they're afraid to die that they're not living. They're cloistering in and they're they're afraid of, you know, all of the possibilities that are out there. But we are a resilient and and like I've told you before and I've said on the show, like God decides, I believe, the death rate and the death date. And it's our job to get comfortable with it. I used to, (laughs) because my mom died when I was so young and I really did research and look into it, it became a subject I wanted to share with people. You know how you were saying that you love to share information. Yeah, you're like at brunch, you're like, hey, y'all want to talk about death? (laughs) Can we get another round of mimosas? My mom's dead. did become I was I was kind of like that person at the dinner party that would bring up a subject and like the whole table would go quiet yeah and um... I used to I used to like kind of be like come on guys like you know I've got to I've got to get you over this hump you know this is not good that this shut you up so quick yeah but um I leave it alone now you know if somebody comes to me with something then it's their time. You can't mm-hmm. force somebody to learn something no. or talk about something. But I, I highly suggest that anyone listening watches near-death experiences. I think it's a wonderful exercise in, in possibilities and, um, and beautiful endings and celebration of life. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting because I think that fear is a human and an earthly thing. Because so people are afraid of dying. I'm like, yeah, once you're dead, you're not going to be afraid of dying. Like, it's just the like 
the fear of the unknown really yeah um i've always wondered that too if anyone's ever had like a really terrible near-death experience and they're just like you know what i'm just not gonna say anything (laughs) no i have heard i've heard some that were were really bad you know actually there's a doctor um who was a neuroscience uh neurosurgeon and he was a big believer that there was nothing after death and he thought oh it's just a dmt release you know it's all bullshit and (laughs) He got some crazy meningitis, encephalitis, something when he was traveling, and he went into a deep coma and died. And when he died, his experience was not pleasant. He literally went to this really dark and um, horrible, like he says, it's so hard to explain. You know, you and it's kind of like meditation. You can't really explain to somebody that hasn't been there the the complex layers of knowing and. Um, and experiences but but it was so dark and it was so hot and it was so like hungry and and what was so cool about his story is that there was just this tiny piece of light that he kept reaching towards and his whole story was more about what was going on until that light happened Mm -hmm. but then it changed his life so much that he came back and made a promise to God that he would do nothing but share with people that there is a God. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, it's called Proof of Heaven. Um, the guy's got an interesting name. I don't remember it. But um, I think people do experience different things. But ultimately, few want to come back, <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, comforting. it is and it isn't. Yeah. I think it's a very heavy, dense um, world. And mm-hmm. I do believe it's a really great place for soul evolution and we can overcome it um but like you said about the fear thing it's something that is worldly it's that it's that material Mm -hmm. if i lose this material thing i'm not going to be happy whether Mm -hmm. it be love hate or fear and those three keep us kind of um in bondage but if you can let go of the worldly the form you can find yourself free from love, hate, and fear, which actually just becomes, I think, love. Yeah, it's not the like the dependent kind. It's not yeah. the attachment love. Yeah, yeah, which is a huge difference because if somebody is um, loving somebody, it's purely a pouring out. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they are thinking that oh my god i'm in love with that woman and she left me or she cheated on me or whatever then it's like an attachment to where it's so strong that form that idea that worldly concept is actually harming you rather than helping you yeah yeah um i've always wondered why like hell was described as hot (laughs) i think because of the bible but because of the Bible, why not like really cold? Why really gnashing hot? of teeth? And I don't know. That's a great question. It's a great question. Maybe it's that devouring fire that and passion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a like, great question. If, if I had a personalized hell, I think it'd be cold. <laughs> but I'm anemic. Is there a hell for is there a hell for people who are anemic? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen any of those near death experiences. Yeah, that's interesting. I kind of know what you mean, though, because I, I like heat. Yeah, me too. I'd rather be. <laughs> I don't think you'd like that much heat. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think it can be too much of a good thing. Well, it's wild too because some of the near-death experience stories are funny. Like this one lady, she just she died in her bed, 
But at that moment, she literally knew everybody's business in her entire apartment complex. Like oh she knew who was cheating on who. <laughs> she, her husband was cheating on her. Like she had this huge, like just knowing of everyone around her. And I just think that would be so wild. Oh my gosh, imagine your your spouse has a near-death experience and is like, I went to heaven, God told me that you're cheating on me. <laughs> I was like, where's the proof? Like, it's not on earth. <laughs> uh, that'd be so funny. I'm trying to remember some more of them. But there was a bunch like that where people, things were revealed. Oh, one, one person realized it was her husband that was killing her. Like, literally poisoning her. What? Yes. While she's dying, she's realizing this. Like, like a slow and then poison? She, or she, um... after, after she came back to life and she was telling everybody, oh, my God, my husband's poisoning me, blah, blah, blah. They actually put her in a psych ward. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So, Dang. That's so scary. Be careful if you die and come back what you tell your doctors. <laughs> right. <laughs> you tell your mom. <laughs> Don't tell the doctors. Don't tell the doctors. Don't put me in a psych ward. Yeah. That's so interesting. Oh, there's so many. Um, I've listened to hundreds of them. Yeah. And they really they really are comforting. They They have that quality where when you hear the story, you know that somebody couldn't make this shit up. Yeah. And it really resonates with you at a deep level. And I I love it. I love it. I, I could listen to the stories all day long. They're just amazing. And then, too, like so many people come back. Like one lady had was dying of cancer, like stage five or four, whatever the highest was for whatever she had. And she died. And she went to this place, this room that they took her to where everything was white. She's like, it was so white. It was beyond anything you could imagine. And they told me, you're healing. And when mm. she came back down, she all of her markers were different. Like, she was literally cured from cancer. Well, that is like people come back with different skills than they oh, yeah. originally died That's with. That's some of them, so, too. Yeah, like some people will come back left-handed instead of right-handed. And I was reading this one story about a person who I think was like an English professor or something. And then they came back... Uh, and they had been terrible at math like their whole life and they came back like able like a math genius i love it i'm like that's so cool or there's ones where people speak other languages yes oh or, yeah like you could were you telling imagine? me about the one with the music like they could just play the piano and never could play it before yeah so that was i was reading there's this like long reddit thread of people who had been in extended comas and woke up with l different talents <laughs> That's so, so that weird. wasn't even a near death experience. No, these are just, I mean, coma. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yep. Really cool. Now, I don't want to go through the hard work of having to have a near death experience or a coma, so I'm fine without those extra gifts. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm good. But but I think it's really cool that the people who have gone through that get that added benefit of having been cured or bringing something back to offer the world that's really, really powerful. Wow. Yeah. Right? That'd be such an easy way to learn a language. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just download it like it's the Matrix. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love it. I, I like it, it too. Those were great questions. Yeah. Thank I, you. Yeah, of course. Um, I was thinking about, uh, you know that, because since we're talking about death and heaven and Good. angels and things. That's a conversation you know I, <laughs> I don't mind having. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about this week? And this is a f silly thing. Um I feel I'm like I don't know if this is a southern thing or just a suburbs thing but I remember whenever I turned 16 like you remember I had so many friends that had that silly little thing in their car like this it was like this little 
rock or like metal thing that someone would get them as a gift when they got a car and it says never drive faster than your guardian angels can fly oh. <laughs> and I remember thinking I was like I see that ever but I remember being like if my guardian angel can't keep up at 80 miles an hour they're not they're not for me okay I'm pretty <laughs> we sure we have places to go we got things to do got speedy I gotta got speedy I got guardian speedy angels. angels. Yeah. Yes. They don't care about the speed. And part. I have prayed over <laughs> you and your brother that you guys would have legions and legions of angels and know them. Know them. Know them personally. Yeah, like really feel their presence. <laughs> Eighty miles per hour seems slow for an otherworldly being. Right? That's I what think. I was thinking. I think, they, I think I think they can get somewhere instantaneously. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I don't know. You you definitely had more, like I said in one of the previous podcasts, <laughs> you had more angel experiences than anyone in our family. Oh, yeah. As a kid, I did. We yeah. hung out. <laughs> so I'm sure that they were all over your car. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping up, going fast. Yes. Helping me parallel park. <laughs> yes. I have a friend who saw a cloud over her daughter's car, and then she got in an accident that night. It's crazy. There was that story of that one person who... Um, she was fine. <laughs> they, like, drove off of a cliff, but it wasn't, like, you know, like a... Major. A huge one, but yeah. they drove off of a cliff, and their car had flipped, and they, like, were stuck in this car, and they said that someone, like, found him and came in and was like, don't move, because you could injure yourself. Just, like, stay here and wait for help. And then, like, once they, like, came to, they realized that, like... No one. No, there's no one around. It yeah. was just like, and I was like, that's so interesting. I love those stories. Yeah, I know. I do too. That's why when I see like videos of people, um, I saw one video of Twitter getting in a car accident and these one people were like moving their stuff and I was like, stop moving their body. You could injure oh, them I more. Know. Like you gotta, you have to stabilize their neck. Like what are y'all doing? Yes. Oh, I agree. that stresses me out. Me too. Whenever I see anything that's live like that and people are not doing the right thing, I just cringe. I know. But everything happens for good. Yes. Even people getting hurt. Yeah. So what's our next segment? Um, Introduce it, please. I was uh, thinking about... Uh, <laughs> I was talking to my friends the other day, and I was thinking about how, like, you know how there's, like, a lot of different, like, self-defense tactics? Uh -huh. And I was like, listen, if I ever got kidnapped, I would just play the psychological game. <laughs> And I here, feel sorry we for need your to, you know, and the, here's, <laughs> but here's why, here's why I thought of it. Cause I, I remember, I think, was it you as a kid, you told me, you were like, if you ever got kidnapped, they'd bring you back because you're too high maintenance. <laughs> and I believe that. Like, I think that I could, cause I think the psychological game is so much more powerful than, you know, Yeah. you know what I mean? Well, like, like that kid that's saying gospel music while that guy kidnapped him Oh really? and he wouldn't stop singing in the backseat of the car <laughs> all the way from like Texas to Alabama. And the guy literally got him out of the car. Really? Yes. A cool story. What? Yes. He started singing gospel music. Yep. That's so cute. And he was little too. Oh, he drove, he drove that demon right out of the seriously. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. So yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, no, no. You just got to play like the psychological game. You got to hit them where it hurts, right? If you get kidnapped and someone's like, you're never going to see your family again. Just be like, are you projecting? <laughs> is this, is this a childhood wound you need to address? <laughs> Let's go back to the first time you felt like you wanted to kidnap someone. You just got to. <laughs> Yeah, because if they kidnap you, they better be good. <laughs> that better not be their rookie, their rookie stop. <laughs> rookie stop. Gosh, no. Because you would mess them up. But that is true. Um, I, I actually know somebody who 
their husband had pulled a gun on him mm-hmm. and she pretended or she didn't pretend she put her hand up into the sky as if she was reaching for Jesus's hand. She goes, go ahead and kill me while I'm reaching for Jesus's hand. And he didn't. I mean, he, he put the gun down. Thank goodness. Yeah. She's brave. And then I know, um, another person who they were being robbed and there, it was the, the man of the house was the only one there. Luckily the kids were gone and the wife was on a business trip and he came down and he literally talked the guy into turning himself in. Whoa. I know. And it was all through speaking Jesus over him. That was like, okay, there's that, remember that video I sent you on Twitter like months ago? And it's this guy and it's like a, it's like a little corner market store, right? And he comes into the store and um, he pulls a gun out and he's trying to rob them. And in this store, there's a a lady with a baby in a stroller. There's the cashier and then there's the manager and that's it. There's no one else in there. And he pulls a gun out and he says, you know, give me all the money in the, what the what are those things called? cash register yeah give me all the money in the cash register or whatever and the manager looks at the store clerk and goes no don't open that don't open that and she gets it's a very small store so this guy's like has this gun on him and they all the people inside the store walk out the door i think there was like two doors and then just lock him in there oh my gosh and it was insane but it made me it made me so sad at the same time because you got to see his you immediate got to see karma. you got to see his immediate reaction where he realized like because you think that you're because when you when you're doing that you're probably assuming you're like i'm not going to kill anybody you know like i just need a couple i just need a couple hundred dollars i'm just going to do this once like you know what i mean and then um they lock him in there and they obviously like call the cops or whatever and he just starts like crying and saying like i'm so sorry like he puts his gun down he puts his hands up like Oh, yeah, it made me so sad. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so interesting because you don't when you're caught up in like a a need, or if you're caught up in like a mindset, you don't understand the depth that your actions have. Sometimes that's true. So, but yeah, it was crazy to watch. I was like, that was that lady was so smart. She literally said no. <laughs> he was like, give me all the money in the bank, and she's like, no. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she knew exactly what to do, and she was just so calm. Um. I think sometimes um, there's divine. You just know. You just know. Yeah. Yeah. Like even when I used to work with Mac and those guys um, and I would go into East Dallas to pick up somebody or drop off somebody or, you know, whatever. uh, I was never afraid and I wouldn't do that now. I don't feel like I have that anointing on me at this point in time. But I did at that time and fearless. Nothing happened. It was great. If anything, I felt protected. Um by some of the what they call OGs <laughs> because they knew I was trying to help their children. And I think that's the thing too when you work directly with people who have robbed people or sold drugs or done things like that and you get to know them on a human level, you see that a lot of times they never had any training at all. Um I remember taking a couple of them to get something to eat at a fast food restaurant and one of them didn't order something to drink and said he wanted water and so they gave him a cup and then he went and stole it and I made him go yeah, back people do that all the time they and ask for a water cup and then get soda or something and, yeah. and I made him go back and pay for it and he was so like no like my mom taught me to do that and so I think that we also don't understand that somebody's actually been groomed 
mm-hmm. to to do these things not purposely like nobody yeah. was like oh i want to raise a burglar or you know a thief yeah. <laughs> but they yeah but one of those bumper stickers <laughs> my kid's an honor student my my kid's a gangbanger like <laughs> No, it, my it's, kid gets soda when they actually ask for water. Yeah, exactly. That's I, that's what I want. I want honest bumper stickers. Like, yeah. and, and and what happened yeah, though is once they understood it's circumstances, it's once not, they understood though, they started building self worth in because then now they now have this new moral. They now have a new code or a new standard, and I I always found found that most of them really did reach for the light when they had a chance to. The same yeah. way. Uh, a flower does towards the sun because I think it's in us. Um, and when you're around people who don't ever give you that first chance, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, yep. Oh, you gave so many people a second chance. No, I gave people a first, first chance. chance. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's circumstantial. You do what you do, what you know and what you're yes. trained to do to survive. Yes. And some of them, um, we, I came across a gentleman who, um, he was taken in, by one of my friends and he ended up becoming a police officer and his dad was you know a pretty serious gangster Mm -hmm. um a pretty big drug dealer in town and he just wasn't having it he just made his own decision that he wasn't going to have that as part of his life yeah he just gifted kid i don't know if it came from church or school or you know what but yeah you'd be surprised how one person can really impact somebody Mm-hmm. it's true and then how like one person can try their best and not impact someone at all it just comes from if you're ready or not yes yeah when the teacher is re- or when the student is ready the teacher will appear yeah that's true the wand chooses the wizard yeah <laughs> it's a harry potter quote yes it does it's classic i agree i like it so are we ready for non-current events Oh my gosh, I knew there was something I was forgetting. I even asked you that. You said, what's our next segment? I was like, we don't have, I was like, we have two segments. (laughs) We already did one of them. Yeah. I was wondering, it seemed like she's like stalling for time. And I'm like, why are you not going to the next segment? Like you guys always do. Genuinely forgot. That's okay. We have no rules here. (laughs) Yeah. We have no, no rules. Okay. It's the Uh, Wild West on Let Me Ask My Mom. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is the Wild Wild West episode. Uh, which is actually fitting because our non-current event today is about a duel. Nice. Oh, that was perfect. Okay. Segway. So um, we all know who Andrew Jackson, former president, was. Yes. Right? Well, he was known for his affinity for uh, dueling. dueling. I remember which, that. Which, this is really interesting because when I was reading about it, it said uh, he participated in anywhere between five and a hundred duels. Wow. But here's the thing. How do you get that big of a discrepancy? Between five and a hundred? There's a 90, so he could have been in 95 duels and he could have not have been, but people like, was he secretly dueling? Like, we don't, we don't know, I guess. I don't know, but he was apparently like hot-headed and enjoyed uh, dueling people out. So yeah, if you had done that, Mendoza, like a hundred, how would you survive a hundred duels? Your luck has to run out sometime, right? That's what I think. I'm like, is he cheating? Is he rigging? Is yeah, he rigging maybe. the game? Can the other cheat? person's gun doesn't work or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. That's uh, wild. In 1806, a man named Charles Dickinson called Andrew Jackson, and this was posted in the local newspaper, so it was hot drama. Uh, he, he called him a worthless scoundrel, a poltroon, and a coward. What's a poltroon? It is. I looked it up, but I already forgot. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I forgot, though. How do you spell it? 
just how it sounds. Okay. Like P U L T R O O N. Um, actually, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> uh, P O L, yeah, Paul Troon. An utter coward. A coward. Ah. So he called he called him a poltroon and a coward. So he called him an utter coward and a coward. <laughs> <laughs> and they posted that in the paper. Was guess there wasn't an editor. Uh. So, and apparently, and then he also said something about Andrew Jackson's current wife that Andrew didn't like um, because he said, I forgot what he called, he called her some name, but also Andrew Jackson's wife technically wasn't divorced from her last marriage when he, wow, she married Andrew Jackson. all the non-current event but, gossip. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Jackson didn't know this until it came out later. So he was like, all right, she, he, he was disrespectful to my girl. I got to go wow. duel this guy. And um, so Charles Dickinson hit Andrew Jackson in the chest, but he missed his heart by just barely more than an inch. Oh, my God. And Andrew Jackson held it together and then ended up killing him, which technically you're not supposed to do in a duel. Like if, he, if the one shot doesn't go, you're like, you're done. Or the like two you, shots. You are... pulled off the shot first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, how do you know, though, if like both people are, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't Somebody's got to teach me the whole dual like. Yeah, what's book. all the etiquette? The rule, yeah. yeah, you only get one bullet. Is that it? I don't know. Dueling for dummies. We need it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my friend Brianna is the one that told me about this. That's Shout out to Brianna. She. I, I thought was, someone always died. Yeah, but that's crazy. So yeah, so Charles Dickinson ended up dying, even though he shot Andrew Jackson first. But here's the interesting part: is he Andrew Jackson had the bullet in his chest until he died, and he had another bullet from another duel. So he died with two bullets inside of him That's from nuts. duels. Yeah. Um, I had a friend in high school who had a BB stuck in his cheek. Really? Because my, my guy friends used to shoot each other for fun. Yeah. That was so crazy. But they literally used wait, to go out. how does a BB out, gun get stuck in your cheek? The BB, not the BB gun. That's what I meant. Like The tiny, I don't know. I can totally see where that could happen. I, I bet actually he, it was in there and he thought, oh, it's just hurts. And then it what? probably like. Uh-huh. How do you not know? I don't know. You know, he could have been lying to me too. I don't know. But how do you go through an airport security? <laughs> oh, it's too small. Let's shut off that. I don't know, but it was get an MRI or screwed. Maybe he got it out, but it was crazy. They used to like literally shoot each other. Yeah, like with paintball guns, only with BBs. I don't yeah, get boys. Um, don't understand it. I never wanted to shoot anyone. <laughs> with anything other than maybe a nerf gun a nerf gun let's have a nerf gun dueling party because <laughs> right. kids are lazy now they shoot with video game controllers you know nobody even goes outside right, right. no one's shooting each other in real life with bb yeah. guns anymore <laughs> they're doing it on I the internet when, when did dueling end um probably when someone was like you know maybe this isn't the most emotionally mature way to end <laughs> kerfuffles like kerfuffles <laughs> yeah that's, ha- that's a fight right a kerfuffle and so, a- especially political ker- kerfuffles yeah, some people, when I see them arguing on Twitter, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should bring dueling back. <laughs> y'all need, y'all, y'all are some idiots. Needs, somebody needs to die here. Yep. Some, I'm going to duel your ass. Yes. Um, but also, I thought this was interesting, is Andrew Jackson was the target, of, apparently, who knows, the first attempted president assassination. And this guy had two guns, and both of them misfired. And Andrew Jackson charged the guy with his cane, um, which is majestic. As hell. <laughs> you have two guns and a dude takes you down with a cane. You can't even that walk. That would be a really cool scene in a movie. I know. Um, and But the odds of both guns misfiring were 125,000 to one. 
That's he freaking was, nuts. I told you God decides the death date. That's crazy. He does. So there's like a point in time where you just can't even believe the odds. So many times I've survived something that I shouldn't have. Really? Yeah. I thought you just yeah, me you too. Oh. Yeah, for sure. I've told you that before about how I was. So when I grew up in Illinois, the drinking age was 21. But mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, it was 18. And we lived maybe an hour from the, the state border. So all my friends always wanted to go to Wisconsin. And a bunch of us went up and you know had a great time. And we were driving back. And everyone's asleep in the car including the driver oh god <laughs> and luckily i before just before you know too, right? me I, i'm like always like little miss energy and so i happen to be sitting in the back in the middle and i look up and notice we're going off the road mm. and had i fallen asleep also that would have been a bunch of people hitting a tree that's terrifying yeah it was crazy dang but it just shows you i mean there's so many times where i love those videos on on you know twitter or different places where they show the dads or the moms like just saving the kid at the last second Mm -hmm. um i had one of those with dane i mean a lot of people will be like you know you shouldn't discipline your kids really hard or you shouldn't spank them and one of the times that i would is if the kids went into the street like Mm -hmm. i wanted them to understand you just do not go in the street and I'll never forget, it was after a, one of his soccer games when he was really little, and a ball went flying into the street, and he went running after it, and a car is coming, and I'm like, Dane, stop! And that kid, because he he knew if I'm yelling, it's not good. Yeah. And he, I, that kid stopped, and that car went, oof. I mean, it, wind went by his hair. It was that close. And I remember going, oh, thank God. God, I spanked him. <laughs> Thank God I disciplined him because yeah. he he knew, you know, that's a voice I don't want to mess with. I don't want to mess she's with. she's screaming like that, that's not good. Yeah. Nah. I don't want that. Yeah. Life is interesting because there's so many people that survive so many things, but then there's so many times where somebody um, survives stuff that you can't believe, like Dane with his heart surgery and how, you know, he had strep and staph infection mm-hmm. in his pericardium and survived. And That's you crazy. had RSV after you were born, and you were born so early. And against all odds, you know, you mm-hmm. weren't a miracle. Um, I was in the hospital with you for six to eight weeks. That's terrible. Yeah. It was during Christmas and but Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Appreciate that. <laughs> I was like, I don't like to party. We're not going out. <laughs> We're staying home. <laughs> We're staying home. We're getting your oxygen checked every hour. <laughs> That's so funny. Make make sure, yeah. And I, I learned that um, ambulances are really probably not someplace for pre- pregnant women because <laughs> I was like, dang, I should have just taken my BMW to the hospital. Oh, because they're not comfortable. It was so bouncy and you were coming early and oh. they were taking me to a different hospital because the, the one that I was at didn't have a, a NICU. Oh. Oh, and you okay. were early. That's, you were like, I'm ready to be there early, just like everything else. Yeah, I'm like, you're I'm, my little on time or early child. Got to be prepared. That's so interesting. I've never been in a, in an ambulance. Yeah. So, me neither. That's good. <laughs> me neither. And I'm so glad I lived beyond a time where there was duels. Yeah, you don't have to worry about <laughs> one of your children getting killed in a duel. No, that would be a horrible thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. 
Yeah, it's funny. More, way more people, it seems like, have guns, but nobody's dueling anymore, you know? Right? Yeah, it's true. It's thing. No more duels. Now you go to jail. I'm going to bring back dueling, I decided. It's, it's going to be a new thing. Uh, what if we just did it with fencing, though? Or what if you just did it with, like, airsoft guns? Yeah, I think that's good. Or paintball guns. Yeah, or BB guns. There needs to be... No long-term damage, but it hurts yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Still makes a point, right? I agree. Paintball's fun. Love is the answer, guys. Love and paintball. <laughs> <laughs> Love and occasional... <laughs> violence <laughs> yeah i saw a clip on twitter where a guy was peeing on somebody's trump sign outside and the guy took a <laughs> paintball gun and started shooting him while he was peeing oh, that's funny. <laughs> ew gross i know Don't people are pee in so public. strange i used to there was a place i used to work in um los angeles that i used to work i worked in an area with all the clubs but i worked directly across the street from like one of the most popular clubs in um like West Hollywood area. Oh, I area. know that. Yeah. Um, it's from, it's the lady who does, it's like the Beverly Hills um, housewife, oh. Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. It's a place called Pump. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked like directly across from there. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Um, and my, where I worked was like in this, like this little alleyway. You kind of had to walk a little bit. Anyways, there's one night I caught a man peeing literally right out in front of like where I worked. Oh my gosh. I know. And then, and but it was actually the first time it had happened and no one had That's seen so it. That's scary. I know no one had seen it. It was just some drunk guy. So the first time it happened, no one like saw it. I just walked outside and I was like, "Why is there urine in this corner?" Oh. And then the second time I saw these guys because we had like frosted glass windows so you could only see the bottom. And I saw these feet walking up and I was like, "Oh, there's someone coming here." And then they turned and I was like, "That's weird." And then they spread their legs and I ran oh. outside. I ran outside and I was like, "No!" <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, "Not tonight. Go away." <laughs> And then the, not the, on my there watch. was a few guys and they're like, oh, damn, they caught us. I was like, stay away from here. Oh Go my find gosh. a bathroom. I, I peed in the O Network TV lot in L.A. once oh at night. Gosh. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I was at this place, Formosa. Maybe you know where that is. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And like if walking distance right behind him is like the lot with like all the trailers where they film all their stuff, I guess. And the line was like a mile long. I'm not proud of it. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> you, know, you got to go. You got to go. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Somebody could have walked out of one of those trailers and caught me. And be like, what the hell are you doing? Just like you, but yeah, it, yeah. It was a desperate situation. Oh now, my god! I was I was real desperate the other day. I was driving from San Diego to Los Angeles, and um, I really had to pee. Really had. to <laughs> How pee. did we get on this conversation? No, <laughs> this is listen, a good one. <laughs> listen, I really had to pee, and I was like, okay, because I wanted because it was only like a two hour drive, so I was like, oh, I can make it. And so I like pushed myself a little, and I was like, all right, I can't make it. And I was like. 30 minutes away from home but I was like frick I'm gonna stop and so I pulled over at a gas station and it's like it's kind of the middle of nowhere suburbs like mm -hmm. um I forgot where but it was a, a small town like, right. it's mostly just highways and like you pull off and there's a few things and but because of corona miss rona they all most places are Won't aren't let you have shut their public bathrooms I almost went full Karen on some <laughs> I almost I literally almost broke down in tears because I had to pee so bad and I was like I can't like walk I have to pee so bad right right and I was like I was like, if you were going to shut down your bathroom, you you should, as a business, be able to redirect someone to where, where the nearest public yes. bathroom is. Because I think I went into like three or four places. Oh, no. It can get to the point, though, where you'll do anything. Like Literally. And I was so mad. I was like, this is a medical emergency. <laughs> Give me that little wooden spoon with the key on it and let me use your bathroom. So I had to find one eventually. But And I was like, if you're doing this to help decrease the spread of germs... You're just sending people a bunch of different places, and you're not allowing them access to wash their hands. So whatever. <laughs> That's a good point. Wow. I, yeah, 
I know. So I was. Um, my okay. I have one pee story. But <laughs> tell me. Everybody does. Um, no, it wasn't mine though. Um, I'm gonna tell on somebody. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was uh, when I was <clears throat> at Princeton at a reunion party there, and so I'm maybe 19 um, years old, and. The lines are so crazy because what happens at Princeton is every five years, everyone comes back, but all all years are invited. Mm-hmm. So it's insane how many people go. Like, it's huge. All different ages. The, the whole school's there. It's nuts. And the lines to go to the restroom were insane. By the time I got up into the restroom, women were peeing in the sinks. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is going on here? I guess if you got to go, you got to go. You got to do what you got to do. I have one friend that um, they met in a paddy wagon because both of them were at some St. Patrick's Day party and they both had to pee and they were in the bushes peeing and they both got arrested. They didn't even know each other. (laughs) They were just arresting people that were doing things that they shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. and they both got arrested and that's how they met and they got married. (laughs) Oh, man. That's really a funny. Yeah, that's a good story. <laughs> that's so I mean, cute. you don't tell your kids that, but... I think she did. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she was proud of that story. <laughs> that's so funny. I Yeah. Yes. It, you just never know what will lead to love. <laughs> that is so true. So, I don't know. Have you ever had a, a strange experience that brought you, like, a really great friend that you were like, whoa, this is so crazy. Like, had this not happened, I wouldn't know you. Um, I'm sure, but I can't think of any. Yeah, I um, I was, I had matched with this guy on a dating app, mm-hmm. and started talking to him, and then in the meantime, some guy hits me up on Facebook, and I'm talking to him, and I don't know that they know each other, but then I realize that they have their mutual friends on Facebook. And so I confront the guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're definitely his type. And I'm sitting there going, that is so weird. (laughs) So he showed this guy my picture, and then he started coming, like, asking me out. It was very, very bizarre. Yeah, that is weird. I don't like that. (laughs) But the strange part was is that he and I are still friends to this day. It's like one of my best friends. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, no. It's a strange way that we met. But. I don't think I've ever met someone on the internet and then become friends with them in real life. Yeah. I remember I was, I was where was I? I was somewhere sometime with like a, a few people. And I was talking about going on a date and I was like, oh yeah, it's the first time I've like met, I've gone on a date with like someone who like I just like randomly met out in the wild. Right. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a difference. It's usually like someone you like have known for a few years or something like that, at least for me, because I'm like, I stranger danger you know yeah and so and they were like well haven't you ever like you know met someone on instagram and saw them in real life i'm like absolutely not yeah i don't respond to the messages i don't know that i don't like that i I love that that's so funny you met them in the wild yeah my friend devin says that (laughs) i met them in the wild like i like meeting people in the wild it's just more fun yeah but i have met some really amazing humans um on the for all different reasons you Mm -hmm. know for charity Mm -hmm. reasons or or you know so and so saw this and really great people mm-hmm. um so it is really a valuable tool like yeah i really I do love it i agree i'm just a feelings person and i'm not good at reading feelings as well over the internet 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I have to meet someone in real life before I can like feel about feel it out you know what i mean it's like the same with like apartment or house hunting like i can look at all the pictures but once you go there it's a completely different experience yes no yeah. it's true and you definitely have to see it yeah and i think that's why a lot of people facetime because it's like closer to that but to me to me facetime exists that facetime is a privilege you know what i mean yes like if if you if you're just met someone and they FaceTime you, that feels like an invasion of privacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yes. feel like that's like a best friend pass. Yeah, but except for that's how you got your best friend because Devin kept trying to FaceTime Oh, you. yeah. <laughs> he FaceTimed. No, it's so funny because I moved out to Los Angeles and there was um, my friend Devin. He, uh, we were in the same acting class, so we knew each other, but we weren't like close friends. But right. we moved to L.A. together around the same time. And so um, he just started befriending me. But like I said, he literally would FaceTime me like every day. And at one point I remember telling my friends, I was like, this guy FaceTimes me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he's really funny. So I'll talk yeah. to him. But right. I was always like, I thought it was like a, a like a, you know what I mean? I just yeah. wasn't used to people FaceTiming me right. out of the blue. Yeah. And I'm like that too. I've got to know you really well to answer your FaceTime. Yeah. The audacity. Yeah. When I see some people FaceTiming me, I'm like, who, who do, do you, you think, think you are? are? <laughs> I hate FaceTime. I won't even answer my I brother's FaceTime. Oh it just gosh. feels so, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you look terrible on there, and it's just weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, just call me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, just call it's me, and then I'll let it go to voicemail, and then I'll send a text <laughs> to know what you want to talk about, and then once I'm mentally preparing myself for that, then yeah. I'll... Um, and then I have three really great friends. I'm like, this is kind of an interesting thing, how you can meet people, because I have three great girlfriends, mm -hmm. and every single one of us have a guy that we dated in common oh wow that's so funny and it was weird circumstances yeah. that brought us together uh -huh. um terry um don't say, I don't all their names. Yeah, but it's just so funny how how i don't think they would care i wouldn't say it otherwise but anyway there's three girls and i love them all and each one of us dated the same guy yeah <laughs> and that's how we met that's because so of the guy like that's it's so weird wild yeah and it was circumstantial like it wasn't planned or yeah it was wild it wasn't planned well i'm just saying because like sometimes you could say oh well the guy introduced us but it wasn't that it, yeah. it always came from around a different direction just a random yes. meeting yeah which yeah. is really it's fun when you realize like oh my gosh this is somebody that's been in my life forever and it wasn't like god put me next to him like as a neighbor but literally met them in a bathroom at the ritz carlton or something you know yeah. it's just weird that is cool. Yeah. Do uh, we want to move on to our sure. last segment? Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to why did you tweet that? Let's pull up our tweets. All right. Examine them. <laughs> Examine them. Do you want to go first or you want me to? Um, uh, doo -doo -doo. Let me find yours real quick. I'm going to just go ahead and blurt one of yours out. Okay. This one I love, though. Oh, no. Eating pasta while wearing a bikini is a powerful vibe. <laughs> it is. It can't be matched. There's something like... That's the ultimate in female it's, confidence. It's the height of like luxury. You know what I mean? Like indulgence. But, but still being sexy. I was just sitting by a pool in a bikini just eating a giant bowl of spaghetti. And I was like, this is all I want to do for the rest of the day. And I want everyone to know it. <laughs> I love that. I felt very powerful. I love that. And so um, I think that I think that's one of the things that a lot of women um, can't pull off. They're either looking good in the bikini or they're the kind of person that eats pasta. <laughs> no, I think like there's a lot of people who kind of just eat whatever and they have naturally 
nice nice bods yeah they work out um you also have because right. you've changed my life with boba i love it <gasps> boba it tea. Says, i'm at my highest self when i'm drinking boba tea i love bubble tea and and so then um that one wasn't one i was gonna oh. ask you a question okay. about but this one sending love to everyone except the 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes Oh, yeah. Did y'all see that shit? Oh, it was crazy They're story. releasing 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida. Not just in Florida, in Harris County, Texas. What? Yes, we're getting some of those. For what? It's supposed to be good for the environment or something? No, it's supposed to help stop the spread of uh, disease and viruses. Like West Nile mm-hmm. and any of the ones that are supposedly carried by uh, mosquitoes or are, are. And then they're apparently doing something to where oh, I'm trying to remember something to do with the 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 um, reproductive it yeah. has something to do mm-hmm. with the reproductive the female mosquito yeah do you remember what it was Mm-mm. I don't remember yeah all I know is I read that headline and I was like oh god and do you know who's connected to it uh-uh. Gates is he though yeah that's he, he literally is one of the investors of the company that created it why didn't he just stick to computers <laughs> bro what are you what are you doing he's modifying the whole world <laughs> what like what uh, everyone's like billionaires can fix world hunger and he's like nah let's talk about mosquitoes well and that goes back to like the guys that were raised in in the hood that don't have good examples his dad was a eugenics guy like he was a huge lower the population, get rid of the dumb people, kill off the old people kind of guy. So I would imagine that that would come down, trickle down into the next generation. Weird. Yeah, it is strange. Is that what eugenics is? Yes. Oh, weird. Yeah. Like wanting to make the population smaller? Well, and to control it. To make I thought it, it was a race thing. To control Why did I think it was a race thing? Well, sometimes thing. it is because look at like I thought like what Mar- Hitler like, wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. what I thought. I thought it was like wanting to like cleanse Purify. It. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Try and genocide. That's freaking crazy. And that's what his dad was. His dad was in Del that. I don't know that much about it. I just have a basic knowledge about him, but that's yeah. crazy. I don't have the inside scoop of the Gates family. <laughs> but remember when they did that with the bees, that they ended up with the killer bees, you know, because they were trying to create a certain type of bee to do something and it backfired. Oh my God, I cannot handle a killer mosquitoes. <laughs> I, honestly, I could handle, I think I could, I could, they're I could so handle. They're so tiny. They're just, no, but I, I, uh, I hate mosquitoes. Mosquitoes love me. I get bites everywhere. We don't get along well. All right. Love the mosquitoes. Love the mosquitoes. I like spiders, kind of. Spiders yeah. are cool. Maybe, you know what? That's what we need to do. We need to just start breeding spiders, and they'll take out all these genetically modified mosquitoes. Right? Just need that lots work? of webs everywhere. Does that work? <laughs> webs everywhere. Okay. Um, your tweet, you said, I thought this was interesting and good. You said, all humans oh, need to Thanks. know the actual definition of divine feminine and divine masculine. Time to mature into a more sacred relationship. I think this is important because I think when people hear divine feminine or divine masculine, they assume male or female, but it's not a gender right. thing. It's right. an energy thing. Yes. It's yin and yang. It's ha- like full completion of whatever. Yeah, to me, that's like that that beautiful balance, you know, of a sovereign human, somebody who can do 
male type things, divine, the, the most beautiful version of male energy being used properly to focus on something, to have drive towards something. Mm-hmm. And then the, the divine feminine being that inclusive, receptive community, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but both genders could pull from both of those yeah. divine Within concepts. But I do, I do think we need more people to embody that within, you know, whatever sex they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and in particular, uh, I think there's a lot, a huge need for divinely masculine men, mm-hmm. um, men who are strong and clear and um, are able to rally people in a certain direction. Um, because I think we have a lot of women that do that, but not as many men. Mm-hmm. Personal opinion. But yeah, divine is the key word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not average, divine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is that the only one? Yeah, that was it. Okay, well we are done. Done skis. Thanks, guys. Have a great have a great week. Avoid the genetically modified mosquitoes <laughs> if you can. Good luck. Stay suspicious of those mosquitoes. Always. <laughs>